0: And uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera Actual Play podcast. My name is Zan, and I'll be your GM. Thanks for joining us today. As always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. Within the Beanstalk, there are plenty of things to consider. And with a Stowaway in tow, the group has to tread lightly on how they approach the challenges of these rooms. Dimensions are traveled, ravines are traversed, and a fourth verse is heard. Join us as Nehemiah Smallren and Jory seek to answer the echoes. You have stepped through the membrane that appeared when you put in a cipher into the dish that had been put forth outside of the beanstalk. It's that same kind of sticky feeling going through it, though when you emerge out on the other side, there's no goo or substance left on you. It just feels very strange going through it. Four of you pop through, kind of with that blorp sound, Mm -hmm. and take a look around. The walls, floor, and ceiling, even the door that you see off to one side of this room, look to be this same ceramic material that the exterior was made out of. In fact, if you look real close at it, you can almost see layers in it, almost as though it was kind of built, not masonry, not as though it's bricks being stacked, Kind of almost like it was 3D printed. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. On closer look, though, you can see that there are a handful of areas that are distorted. It's been bubbled outward, almost as though someone had burned it or boiled it. It's bubbled out and it's become bumpy and rough. In some cases, even almost semi-translucent. Hmm. You stand here taking this all in and you hear another blorp behind you. Someone's followed you. Turn around? It's Mac. The very enthusiastic follower of the Word of the Stones who had originally told you about the various beliefs and gods here. Nehemiah, you had told Zarian, the leader, Mm -hmm. that if he wanted to keep control of everything, he needed to basically tell everyone to stay away. Uh, But it seems that someone has either disobeyed or disregarded that information. Mac. Hello?
1: What are you doing here?
0: I had to see it for myself.
1: Uh, Look, I understand, but Mac, it is very likely very dangerous in here. The will of the gods has to be interpreted, and a single misstep in that interpretation can and probably will lead to death.
2: I lean into Mac's field of view next to Nehemiah with really big eyes and just say, we wouldn't want to anchor the gods now,
0: would we? I forgot what kind of mood we had left Jory in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So, Nehemiah, I'll have you roll persuasion with an asset for Jory's interesting addition.
2: I will maintain googly eyes and just move my head in slightly different directions.
1: What's the difficulty? Four. Difficulty with a four with one asset, and I am trained. Mm-hmm. Okay, boom. That is a natural one GM intrusion failure.
0: I don't know what to do about your dice luck, <laughs> so bad.
1: Look, in the future, when the director's commentary for all of this is happening, we will look back and say there was a fifth member of our cast, and it was my dice chi.
0: Legitimately. You say this to Mac, and they listen intently, and turn around to go leave, thinking, you're right, I shouldn't be interfering with the will of the gods, this is not the way it should be, my curiosity's gotten the better of me. Go to turn, and the membrane hardens over. It is no longer there. Huh. Well.
1: <sighs> and you see, this is why he's supposed to listen the first time.
0: Oh. I've angered them, haven't I?
1: We'll figure it out. <sighs> I don't suppose you're any kind of fighting trained, are you, Mac?
0: I'm a farmer. Is that a yes? I feel
1: that's like that's a yes. definitely not a yes. It's not. Nope.
2: But you have to be strong to move stuff around. That big
0: things of things and bundles of what's-its and sacks of oh, I'm, I'm I'm strong, sure, but I don't really have. He reaches into the pockets and pulls out a small dagger. This is all I have.
1: Well, you're not unarmed. That ain't nothing, I guess. All right.
0: Do you think it's going to be dangerous in here? I didn't think there was going Just to be... Just
1: stick near us. We'll try and keep you safe.
0: Oh, tell us, God of mercy, protect us. And starts like rambling off the different God names.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mac is visibly nervous at this point. They were excited. They had this face of curiosity and wonder and excitement when they first came in. But as soon as that door hardened over and realized there's no getting out now, that visible anxiety is there. The dagger is shaking in his hand. Molly just kind of shakes his head and gets out the lantern that he has that is an artifact, something a little more powerful than a glow globe. There is some light in here. It's not dark, but it's very dim, at least in this particular area.
3: Smallrin is going to gently approach Mac, like not trying to sneak up on them because who knows what would happen. The normal people's stats. Use the normal people steps and is just going to hold out her hand and say, You're more likely to hurt yourself than anything else if you're holding it like that.
0: Uh, 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 uh,
3: You're going to cut yourself. And I'll be honest, whatever's in here, I don't know that a dagger's going to do you much good if you don't know how to use it properly. Would you show me? She kind of considers. I'll do my best, but we should look around first. Tuck that away where you won't cut yourself, and I'll keep an eye on you.
0: They nod and put it back into their pack. In this chamber, there are two doors. One kind of angled to the left and one kind of angled to the right. They're semicircular, starting and going up over the floor. There doesn't seem to be any control panel like the ones at lagam and there doesn't seem to be any sort of light or indication button that were over the doors in the ogrek But they are both shut. These doors are metal rather than the same ceramic structure.
3: Hmm. Oh, man. Now we have someone we need to
1: impress. Exactly. We can't, we yeah, can't no, just we, figure this out. We George. have to do this and maintain kayfabe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's kind of feel our way out here and see where they want us to go. Nehemiah will take a minute, just kind of look left, look right, go to reach for a shin to flip it, realize that that's not going to work in this moment, and (laughs) just go left.
0: Okay. It simply slides open. Their motion detected. Nice. That's handy. Yes, we have chosen correctly. Ooh. (laughs) Mac nods along. Mm Mm-hmm. Very overtaken by the wonder in here, but also still very nervous.
3: I'm glad that what's going on has not yet interrupted your connection with the gods, but at some point we must assume that we may not be able to hear them if what is going wrong here is affecting
1: them. We may have to have that test of faith, but we shall cross that bridge when we come to it.
3: (laughs) Yes! Laying down those, those cornerstones for when we don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: The advancement of your belief is truly stunning. <laughs> Molly, again, just shakes his head. <laughs> Not in a disagreeing kind of way, just in a, what have you gotten yourselves into?
1: The same thing over and over again, apparently.
3: Yeah. I don't know how to break this to you, Molly, but we got stories.
0: As soon as the door opens in front of you, you hear the song again. What you may have noticed in that initial room is that the transmission of the song into your mind had ceased Mm. Mm. once you passed through the membrane. But as soon as this door opens, you hear it again, both audibly and in your mind, ever so vaguely. You listen for a moment, and it's still a little bit fuzzy, a little bit choppy, but... It's a new verse. Oh. It's changed again. Oh. Mac doesn't realize it at first. Mm -hmm. And Molly doesn't have as much experience as the three of you do in interpreting this. Mm -hmm. But at this point, the three of you have heard these words enough that you don't need Jory to translate it. Mm -hmm. You all just understand this. Mm -hmm. The words you get, even with the bits and pieces kind of cutting out, you're able to, with the previous verses, Mm -hmm. figure out all the notes here. Listen to the Rhapsody, correct our failure. Verse four to break the silence. Protection, dispersion, repair. These are the keys to safeguard your transfer. Residual energies may hinder you here. Listen to the Rhapsody, break the silence. Your voice is your asset in the tumult. Listen to the Rhapsody, break the silence.
1: I think realizing that it has changed, Nehemiah stops dead in his tracks and takes the time to listen to it all the way through. Mm-hmm. We'll turn back to the rest of the crew. That's, um, foreboding.
3: Smallrin pulls out her mentor's notebook and starts writing down the new verse.
2: You know, I'm gonna ask these gods when we get the chance why they need to be so cryptic. I mean, I realize it's some kind of a test, right? Yeah, but still, seems a bit—I don't
1: know—against their own. Yes. Yeah, they're fighting against themselves on this one.
0: <sighs> okay. That's the very subtle jab at these people you're trying to say. And I love that.
1: <laughs> Not trying to be subtle. <laughs> That's fair. You guys are butts.
0: It's just their (laughs) accent.
1: It's like they put an IQ test in front of the life preserver. (laughs) What? (laughs) That is very
3: apt, but it's hilarious because it also sounds like some kind of very convoluted, folksy metaphor.
0: Yes, it does. (laughs) Perfect for Nehemiah. Yeah, a little bit.
3: Yep. Like, I want to know what it's a metaphor for. Like, you literally just described the situation, and it's very straightforward. I want to know what kind of
1: weird thought process leads to what it's actually a metaphor for. I think it's just shooting yourself in the foot, like stopping people from helping you. So we have entered the room. The song has changed. What's in the room?
0: Right now, you just see a hallway. Oh, okay. It looks to be a connecting hallway into the next area of things. There are now a couple of lighted areas from behind these stone walls, in the same way that you might have a thin stone or ceramic candle holder or like one of those Himalayan salt glasses, Mm -hmm. uh, salt lamps or Mm -hmm. something where you can kind of see the light filtering through the mineral Mm. but it's not a direct light. So there are some areas where you can see that. It's almost as though there are lights somewhere deep within these walls that are providing you illumination so it's a little bit brighter here but it's not a direct light or anything that has a distinct source. Gotcha. At the end of the hallway is a large room 20 feet across and circular. Hmm. So far, aside from the hallway, the entrance and both this room have been circular in fashion. In the center of the room is a large statue. It's made of a darker color version of the stone the walls are made out of. And it's a tall, three-armed figure with oddly jointed limbs, a large spherical head that seems to glow and a metal staff that is topped with some sort of pointed crystal. Ha ha. You stand there looking at it for a moment. I'm assuming you're not just barreling in mm-hmm. to the room. And it shifts and moves and starts to then move and almost sweep up with this staff some debris and dust that's in the room into small piles around the room.
1: Huh. <laughs>
3: Does it seem to be reacting to our presence or?
0: Have you entered the room? I'm assuming we're in the doorway. If you have not entered the room, then no.
1: Nehemiah would step in.
0: The guardian doesn't stand upright. It's still, it's kind of hunched and again it has three arms holding onto this mm-hmm. staff. And it points the staff at you and then lifts it up and holds it down like a spear next to it mm-hmm. in one arm and then kind of just stands there.
1: Hello there. Can you
0: communicate? You do not get any response. Mm. (laughs) I already started my vocal stretches. Here we go. I begin. You sing the verse, and it's gorgeous. But it doesn't seem to do anything to this statue.
2: If nothing else, this has really improved my vocal abilities. But what were you going to say? It sounds more (laughs) constructive than my thoughts. (laughs)
1: Is there anything else in this room?
0: There's another door. There's a door on the other side.
1: I will motion to the guardian. Excuse us. uh, Just pass it through. And I will uh, attempt to circumnavigate it to go to the other door.
0: As you go to pass it, it simply takes the staff down and touches it to your shoulder. Mm -hmm. It's not like swinging to attack you. It just touches it to you. Mm -hmm. And all of you see Nehemiah glitch and vanish. Oh.
3: Ah, yes. That ain't good. Well, That is not good at all.
0: No. Here we go again. (laughs) (laughs) Nehemiah, here we go again. (laughs) We also made that joke last episode.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Gotta make it a thing.
0: Nehemiah, you find yourself in a place that seems to be just moving, shifting, biological mass. Hmm. It is disconcerting to touch. It is these... Large writhing pieces of—you're not even sure what—that is almost completely surrounding you. There are some areas where you can see like it's a little less constricting, but you are just inside something wholly uncomfortable.
1: Oh no! Oh, I have—I have made a mistake. I have made an error. Ugh! And completely encased, meat up, meat down, meat to both sides. Yep. Cool, 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 cool. Neat. I love this for me. Okay.
0: In front of you, they kind of like separate out a little bit, and you can see like a pathway mm-hmm. in front of you. And kind of a almost a corridor kind of being created out of this stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. I will follow it down. Only way out of the meat is through the meat.
0: <laughs> you follow the corridor down and you're about to like turn a corner when You blip back into the room where the guardian is.
1: Oh. Oh. All right. uh. I'm going to be really honest with you guys. Don't want to be touched by the staff. It's a bad stick. Don't like it.
0: What? Do you stay where you are? Do you head back to the door? I'll go back
1: to the door. That's fine.
0: All right. You head back to the door and join the rest of the group. So
1: we're going to go ahead and see what's behind him. Later,
0: Nehemiah, as you had turned around to like walk back to where the rest of the group was, you noticed that there was another door almost right next to the one you came in in the room. So there's one oh. across the way, but also one that was like right next to the entrance that you would not have been able to mm. see it with just standing there.
1: I will point to it and just move towards it.
0: This one does have a button next to it rather than any sort of motion sensor. I push the button. The door's open. It's a small room with light coming down from top. It's an elevator. Oh, huh. Oh, one of these.
1: Could be useful. All right. I uh, found one of those uppy downy do-head.
0: <laughs> you can have the word elevator. Okay. That's okay. Hey, a lift. Say, I feel like this is an
1: advanced enough world that we know what an elevator is. Well, we know what one is. I didn't know if we would have a word for it.
0: You can use the word elevator. That's Keeping fine. Keeping the
1: verisimilitude. <laughs> Oswald? Maybe Maybe we call it Oswald? <laughs> I guess we hop in the elevator.
0: Yes. Yeah. Good idea. Mac kind of hugs the wall, trying not to get close to this statue as much as possible.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, I did get to throw this in earlier. When Smallrun said that she was going to keep an eye on Mac, she actually instructed the ogreth Orb to just let her know if anything particular was happening that she needed to pay attention to with Mac. Both cool. to give it something to do, and so she did have to devote brain space to keeping an eye on Mac.
0: You feel it kind of running in the back of your mind the entire time, like noticing all these little things about him, but it's not taking your entire attention. Hmm. As you get in the elevator, there is an up button. You assume it's an arrow that points up and an arrow that points down. Interesting. There is a down button? Even there though- is.
3: Oh, all right.
2: Let's pause before we go any place and I'm going to commune with my memory and see if that can elicit some instruction. I'm going to listen to the song mm-hmm. as I'm assuming we can still hear it. Yeah. You can, yes. Okay. I will take a moment. And close my eyes and look very meditative. Meditative. Yes. Put on a good show. Mac, but actually
0: try to think I'm going to have you roll a it would normally be a level five mm-hmm. intellect, but because of your again experience with this, I'll make it a level four Uh oh, fail add a seven, seven. seven. <laughs> yep, seven so
3: <laughs> take a dice Jeff. the dice she is just rancid today
0: it is. You think as hard as you can about these words, and they're familiar to you, and you think you can figure out bits and pieces of it. hmm I'll give you that you think where it says protection, dispersion, repair, those are things that you have to do, mm-hmm. but you're not sure to what extent or how. You also can't really find in your understanding of this verse anything that would be connected to your current placement to this elevator or the room that you're in. Ah. Well, I think we have an equal chance of learning more if we go up
2: or down.
1: Hmm. I'll be honest with y'all, I just want to head on up. One, seems like the reasonable way to go. And two, I mean, I just want to see how high this thing goes.
0: Molly kind of looks at the button panel and says, only the up one is lit. Maybe we're at the bottom then. I think sense. we're at the bottom. That would make sense. Uh, do we have to be able to come back, back down? We're done. That makes sense.
1: <laughs> up then?
0: Yeah, let's go up. Boop. It engages and starts to lift. What kind of elevator music does it play? Oddly enough, <laughs> nothing. You <sighs> hear the song, but there is no music. Otherwise, there is no elevator music, and it is creepy. <sighs> Small Ritz starts humming
3: the girl from Ipanema. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, it's just like <laughs> a da, piano da, da, bass. Da, da, da,
0: da. You know, brass cover of the song. Yep. <laughs> as it's going up, Molly turns to Nehemiah. Goes, "What in the world did you see? Where where did you go? I went to a meat place. I'm am <laughs> s- <I'm>
1: sorry. <laughs> Everything was meat. Then I walked down a hallway, and then I was back.
2: Like meat,
1: Me or like like meat, like like flesh.
2: Okay, I heard me as well. Like okay, I don't want that. Don't, oh, don't I don't want that at all.
1: I don't want to. Scare Mac with that. Look, this is gonna be weird enough. Last thing I need to do is definitely give him a crisis of faith.
0: I feel like he's gonna end up with that, regardless of how we do things. Yeah,
1: but the crisis of faith that one has after going to the meat place and then coming back is very <laughs> different from finding out. Okay, there's a greater context to my gods.
0: Meat place. Yeah, that's that's fair. All right.
1: Like, how am I not covered in blood is the thing I'm kind of weirded out by. Because it was, like, wet. It was wet meat. (laughs) Everywhere. Yeah. Super gross.
3: I hate to interrupt this moment, but I am going to throw out the merch idea that we might need a t-shirt that says, I went to the meat place. All I got (laughs) was this crisis of faith. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: That's good. That's
0: good. All right. Anyway, so sorry. Uh, you go up for a couple of minutes, maybe two or three. It seems like longer than it should be for an elevator ride, but given how tall this structure is, it's not all that surprising.
3: Hmm. Is there any indication of like different levels, like floors, or it's just up or down? It's just up or down. Okay. Huh. How fast does it feel like we're traveling?
0: Somewhere between a normal elevator. And if you've ever been to, like, Sears Tower, <laughs> the elevator that just, like, launches you straight up, mm-hmm. yep. somewhere in between those two. <laughs> so faster than you would expect, but not so fast that you're worried about it. Gotcha. It slows down and comes to a stop, and the door opens. The light in this room comes from the floor. As you walk in, you notice that about 10 feet above you is water. Huh. As though... If you were to like look out in a regular room and have water be on the floor, it's just above you, as though you are suspended upside down over a pond. It's not water as you would expect it, though. It's kind of this murky water. There's this beige-yellow silt that's churning in it. and kind of obscures what may be any deeper and isn't letting you see how deep the water itself actually is and as you glance in there there are momentary shapes and shadows that you see in it maybe large wheels or machinery there are also several devices around the edge of the room again this room is circular with tubes that point up towards the surface of the liquid and there is a heavy pressure feeling in the air like humidity
1: mm-hmm. that
0: that thickness in the air and you can sometimes hear knocking sounds coming from deep within the liquid. Huh. Uh, Huh. Okay. I'll step in. Sure. Nothing happens. Okay. Alright. There are no other
3: doors in this room.
1: Okay.
2: Any buttons? Anything like that I can see? Nope.
0: Hmm.
3: The tubes that point upward towards the liquid do they intersect with it do they go into it or are they just do they cut off at some point
0: they cut off at some point point. and as you're looking at them they actually there's like a brief moment where more of that liquid sprays out of them okay and it then joins in with the other water
3: is the water moving as if it's being like affected by gravity just in the direction we don't expect or is it like normal physics
0: until it hits the surface it's a good question. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Engineer's daughter. Sorry. No, I. you're totally right. It's actually pouring out. Like not like spraying, like forcing it out. Okay. It's not just like falling out necessarily. There's there's clearly some there's pressure behind yeah. it. But it's not like once it hits that, then it joins in. It, it seems as though gravity is affecting this differently.
2: Okay.
0: Interesting.
2: How many pipes? Five. Does there seem to be a pattern to what they're doing? If we were to stand
0: and watch a bit. Nope, it doesn't seem to follow any sort of pattern. As you're standing here, Jory, Yes, you get this sudden sensation of being watched. Hmm.
2: I peek behind to see what Mac is
0: doing. (laughs) Mac is just kind of standing in the threshold of the elevator, looking around in a completely confused state. Good, good, so that's normal. Do I get an idea
2: of where it's coming from and just kind of that general, oops, something's got an eye out?
0: You just feel as though you're being watched. It's not anyone here. You can't distinguish it from a particular place. You just feel that. Mm. Molly is going around in the room looking at the pipes, tapping, looking up. He actually reaches up and puts his hand in the water and takes it out. It's a little wet, but as the droplets drip off, it goes up and joins the rest of the water Hmm. goes to like scoop some of it out and like rather than cupping his hands as though you would scoop water out of a water source um, kind of like holds it as a dome to Mm -hmm. like hold it down and it's just silty water and as he lets it go again it bubbles up to join the rest of the water on the ceiling. I hope that's not bad for your skin. It doesn't seem to be. It's not hurting me at all. It just seems to be dirty and kind of like smells it maybe a little salty.
2: Salty.
0: So, anybody have goggles and want to hold me up? Um. Nope. I have goggles. Molly actually, like, they're, they're mechanics goggles, but mm. they might work if you hold them against your face pretty good. Okay.
1: I can give you a boost.
0: Cool. Go. <laughs> All right. Molly hands you the goggles.
1: All right. Best way for you to do this is you run at me. I'll grab your foot and just kind of toss you up.
0: Is it that tall? It's about 10 feet above you.
2: Okay. All right. I'm going to kind of look up at it for a bit. Observing what I have, I have a a sensing danger I would like to employ. Can I just kind Mm -hmm. of ruminate on it for a minute? What difficulty would it be? Five. Five, okay. That's okay. Fail. Ten. Looks like ice cream to me. Okay. Okay. Give me a boost. Only one way to find out.
1: All right. I will employ some of Nehemiah's circus background and Mm -hmm. give Jory a a boost up.
0: Okay. Do you launch her or do you kind of like hold her on your shoulders?
1: If I could just get her up on my shoulders, I would probably end up doing that.
0: You get her up on your shoulders and Jory with the goggles on you, stick your head into the water. It is indeed wet. It is just like any other water. It's just kind of murky. Mm -hmm. You see those shadowed shapes moving around. -hmm. And one actually starts to like come closer to you. And what you see is this swimming, moving automaton. Okay. That almost looks like a large wheel that has like smaller wheels around the edge that are rolling like little paddle wheels. Okay. All right. To move it through the water. And it is going up to the wall underneath the water. And there looks to be some sort of. Panel with like buttons and switches and and things like that over there. It goes up to it, manipulates it in some way, presses some buttons, turns a couple dials Mm -hmm. and then swims away deeper into the water. And if you watch a little while longer, again, it's pretty murky, but you can see these other shapes kind of coming down maybe to other edges of the room and then going back deeper. And Mm -hmm. you see three figures that seem to be doing this. Okay. I point down... Below me, mm-hmm. so
2: that Jeremiah knows I'd like to descend. Yep. Come back down. I lower. <laughs> okay. What'd you find? There's some um, beings in there that are pressing buttons.
1: What kind of things?
2: I thought oh, you said
0: beans.
2: Beans. <laughs> My beans. Now we're on this
0: thing again. Human beings beans versus being.
2: Yeah. No, be- be- human beings. So sorry. <laughs> no, there's beings, automatons of some kind, circular gear-like things that are pushing buttons and then going deeper and then coming back down and pushing buttons and then going back again, and I don't know what they're doing. I couldn't see anything change, really. Good to know. I will do what I always do, then. I will sing the song. Nothing happens. Okay. I sing it anyway.
1: (laughs) Wait a second. Okay. We went to those other places and with the stuff the oobleck yeah 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 what if they use this to make that
3: oh interesting
0: distill it down
1: something like that
0: it's possible
1: i mean looking over at mac gods only know where it comes from or where it goes but
0: you said you've been to other places like this
1: i mean not quite which is why we're kind of fumbling around here but yeah
0: i didn't know there was other sites to the gods I assumed that the Beanstalk was their only house.
1: They're all a little different. This is the only one that has anything on the outside that's, like, floating. Well, I guess that one place did have the low grav place underneath, but still, point stands. Right. They're all different. They're all unique. They're all not here.
0: Okay, I... This just isn't... It's not what I expected, I guess, on the the inside. I expected it to be a a grand temple with maybe a... a, Oh, (laughs) okay...
3: That's the trouble I've found with religion. Assuming in any way that we could understand things that we want to be unknowable. Ooh, small grin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> small philosophical getting philosophical.
3: <laughs>
1: Jory. Yeah? You think if I get you back up there, you might be able to take a closer look at those panels?
2: Okay, we can try if you want to scoot over here. Yeah. Uh, let's just try to time it so that I'm going
0: up when they swim away. You got it. You lift her up and you get up near the panels. Mm-hmm. You look at it and it's handful of buttons, handful of dials. They have numbers and symbols on them. The small amount of words on there look as though it's indicating levels of different substances in the liquid as well as the routing of it. So like you saw those pipes kind of releasing more of the liquid. There's a couple of numbers, so you're not sure what they refer to. Mm-hmm. But there are numbered buttons, like one, two, three, four.
2: Is there one that says, like, chlorine shock or something? <laughs> no, there's not. Okay. <laughs> the poor boy comes out. <laughs> I
0: don't know if I should be pressing anything. You also get the sense that if you wanted to, you could salvage this if you wanted There might be something useful in it. Like if you wanted to take it apart, that would probably change the ability to use them, obviously. But if you wanted to like take it apart and see what was inside and find out if there was anything useful, you absolutely could.
2: But there's something using it. Theoretically, yes. I point down again to descend. Mm-hmm. I let you back down? Um, mm-hmm. Just out of curiosity, as I'm lowered, does the wetness kind of sponge out of my clothing and then like float back up? Or does it do yes, I Yes, it just... does. Ah, <laughs> cool. <laughs> anyway, there's some stuff up there and I want to take it. I, I, I want to examine it, but I feel I shouldn't, maybe, because there's things using it. Mm hmm. Any uh, Anybody want to talk me down? <laughs> or up?
1: We should probably figure out what we need to be doing here before we start disassembling it.
3: <clears throat> okay, I like that.
1: I'm here for the energy, but we gotta...
3: Also consider that the being we met downstairs may not be the only one that can send us elsewhere. It's true. Protection, dispersion,
2: repair.
1: Hmm. Chase has theories, but there is absolutely no way that Nehemiah would be able to have those same theories. Because I think we might be in space. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe the water is reacting differently to people for reasons. But it would be unlikely for an individual of this time in this world to understand the concept of weightlessness in space. Because I don't think any of the cities have a space program.
0: <laughs> they don't. <laughs> there is, depending on where you are in the world, there are ways to get into space. Wow. There are supplements for Numenera that involve going into what they call the night. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's really cool. Real good. Yeah, it's not space. It's entering the night.
3: Oh, I love that. That's very cool.
0: There are places that have you can go on a night that. walk. Right, but it's less blast off into the atmosphere and more, hey, this portal takes me to the moon.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I want a portal that
0: takes me to the moon. Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, assuming that I had all the proper
1: equipment.
0: (laughs) So, all right.
1: Let's hop into the elevator and start heading down because I don't think, as much as I was hoping the answer would be up here, I don't think it is. Not even a window. Hey, hey, Jory. Mm Mm-hmm. Could you just stick your head outside, see how high up we are? Oh, that's right. Jory can walk through walls.
2: Okay, here's to hoping that nobody is staring up at this exact spot.
1: I have a feeling even if they were, they wouldn't see it.
2: Okay, all
3: right.
1: That's an excellent point. We don't know how high we are. That's Mm -hmm. my thought. Jory, well, Jory should be very careful. That's why I said, like, can you only stick your head out? I think so. Okay.
2: Okay. I'll, I, okay, I will walk over to the wall, and I will poke my head
0: through. It's been a while since you've done anything phasing, mm-hmm. so you put your hands on the wall and concentrate and phase out and stick your head through the wall. You are several hundred feet in the air. You can still see, as the clouds are moving around, mm-hmm. you can still see glimpses of the city below. And there's still, if you look up, much more above you. Okay. I will pull back inside. All right. Well, we're up pretty high. I doubt that anybody saw me. Are we literally climbing the beanstalk right now? Yes. Oh, gods... And Mac kind of like sits down against the edge of the elevator and just like, oh no, oh wow, oh I didn't, mm, what, mm, oh no. Are you going to faint? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I just need a moment to reconcile what I've done to myself. I understand that. Huh. Well... Why don't you have a sit? Max sits down, and Molly actually, before you start descending, walks back into the room and pulls out a small vial and actually scoops some of the liquid mm. and caps it. Smart. Holding it up, it still tries to float towards the ceiling, so like huh. it's going up towards the cork rather than the bottom. Ooh,
3: okay. Small Ren is going to go over to Molly. May I? He hands it over. And she takes it and basically just wants to see, is the water's force enough that it would make like the bottle float the vial float she like kind of cups her
0: okay if it was big enough it probably would like if you had a bucket with a lot of this water it might start pulling it that up that way okay but with this small amount it would not cool worth a shot yeah all right we're gonna head back down then I think so yeah. yeah. You take the elevator, again, descending faster than you would expect, down to the room below with the statue guardian. As you exit the door, it once again kind of points the staff at you, just like gesturing at you.
1: We're going, we're going. Let's check that other hallway before we
0: tangle yep. with that. Going back to that entrance chamber, the other door opens up and there's a shorter hallway that also ends in what looks like an elevator.
1: Mm-hmm. We ready to go try this one now?
0: There must be something that allows us to get higher than we were, so
1: mm-hmm. let's see. That's what I'm thinking.
0: You go up and the doors open into yet another circular room. The walls and floor and ceiling here are all, rather than that ceramic material, they are nearly opaque brown glass. Oh, huh. Again, you can see that faint light Coming from within it, there are four black synth tubes that are just, like, around the edge of the room, just, like, lying there, like, maybe about the length of a forearm. And it is quiet in here. You do not hear the song. In fact, as you speak, something in a normal voice comes out as barely a whisper. All right. Weird. Weird. Mac tries to say something and realizes that it's quieter than it should be and screams in surprise. And that is just barely, like, normal speaking level.
1: Mac, look at me. Look at me.
0: The gods have punished me. They've taken my hearing.
1: No, it's the room. The what? Nehemiah will raise his voice. It's the room.
0: They've punished us all.
1: No, it's just the room.
0: It dampens sounds.
1: Something... From our time exploring the other locations, we have found that the gods do a lot with sound and transmission. I'm guessing this is some kind of a recording room, someplace where they need things to be quiet. So let's steer into that skid. Let's see what's going on in here.
0: Stops talking, just nods.
1: Take a look around. Don't Touch nothing. Mac, if you see something that you think needs our attention, just tap one of us on the shoulder.
0: Okay. 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 All right. Okay.
1: Nehemiah turns away and lets out the exasperated parent sigh.
0: (laughs) Good. Small as you're looking around, you get a brief image, almost as though something is overlaid on top of your vision, that there is a room very much like this one. but you see other figures moving around in it just for a couple of seconds. And those figures seem to be all walking backwards, acting normally, but moving backwards in the space. And it's almost transparent and ghostly to a point. But you see this for five or six seconds and then it disappears again.
3: Is this something that I'm seeing with both my own eye and the ogren orb? No, it's just your... Just through my eye. Your biological eye. Interesting. Okay. The figures that I saw were humanoid. They looked like us. Yeah. Okay. She's going to raise her voice and kind of wave her arm over her head to try and get Nehemiah and Jory's attention. I've just seen something that wasn't really here. It was brief, but I saw this room with people in it doing everything backwards as if
1: it were rewound.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Well, shall I?
1: <laughs> Jory, you're going to have to be way more specific about what you mean by
2: that. I, I, just, I start singing. Oh. I, I, know, I know it's not going to do anything. I
1: thought Jory was going to stick her
3: head in the wall. I was like, that seems <laughs> like a bad idea. I could also do that. Nothing happens. I'd like to pick up one of these forearm-length tubes, you said, that are lying on the ground.
0: For sure. You pick it up. Go ahead and roll me a d4. 3. It doesn't seem to do much as you pick it up, but as you hold it, you see condensation kind of forming at one end, and it starts like floating there, like a little sphere of water that is being held at one end of this tube. I
3: show the others the water floating at the end.
0: Perhaps we see what
3: the others do, whether it's the same.
0: Molly goes to pick one up, and it doesn't seem to do anything at first, but he notices like a seam in the center, and he twists it apart, and it opens it up, and there's like a cavity inside. just looks like to be a tube that is hollow. Hmm. Uh, I guess you could store something in it.
1: I'll pick one up.
0: Mm-hmm. You pick it up, and again, doesn't seem to do much, but it kind of slips from your hand for a moment, hmm. and as it hits the ground and it spins a little bit, it starts to vibrate. If you pick it back up, kind of like tilting it back and forth or spinning it causes it to vibrate. Huh. Okay. Enjoy the one you pick up, Mm -hmm. you kind of like shake it a little bit and it it warms up to like the temperature that like a warm coffee cup would be. Mm. These are all oddities. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say they don't necessarily have a particular purpose. It's just something that was, for whatever reason, left in this room. And it very well might be useful down the way, but this is something that is here.
1: Okay. Oh, keep it. Vibrating tube.
0: I'm going to use a GM intrusion here. Okay. going to use it on... I'm going to say Jory. Mm Mm-hmm. You've been standing here and the silence is a lot. You don't hear the song at all. Mm -hmm. All of the voices in here are eerily quiet. It is to the point where you start being able to almost hear your own heartbeat in your ear. You can almost start hearing the buzz of your own nervous system. And you start to hear faint voices in your mind. Mm -hmm. Not saying anything particular it's almost as though they're very far away i'm gonna have you make an intellect defense roll, okay to get through this but you also have the opportunity because this is a game intrusion i'm offering you an xp here okay. to have this continue to happen and then you'll have an xp to give to someone else or you can give me an xp and say no i don't want this to happen xp me why not all right. So take that XP. Okay. After this, you can decide who else you would give that other XP to. Okay. But I'm going to have you make an intellect defense roll. Okay. Level five.
2: This isn't going to go well. Whoop.
0: Fail at a 12. You can't tell whether or not these voices are something that your brain is making up to fill in the space or whether or not you're actually hearing this, if there's actually other people here, or if this is some echo from the past or echo from the future. You can't tell. and It is starting to grate on you. All hearing based tasks for you are hindered for the next hour.
2: Uh, kind of clutching my head.
1: You alright, Jor?
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, oh my head just feels weird and hurts and
1: Alright, let's keep moving.
0: Jory, who would you like to give the other XP to? Um, I'll go with Nehemiah. Alright. Okay. Does Nehemiah take an XP? The door on the other side of the room is not an elevator, it's just a regular door and it opens as you approach it. This seems to be some sort of interstitial room it is empty seems to be a foyer of some sort maybe there is a door off to your left and a door straight ahead and there's
3: still no kind of indication what any of
0: these are there's no writing no buttons nope the song does start back up as soon as you exit that room as soon as you hit the threshold you hear again your voices are normal Mm. the song is back in your mind i'm gonna try this
1: i'm gonna try this door (laughs) over here i go for the door in the middle of the hallway
0: The door opens up and it is dark in this room. You can see a little bit with that light, that filtered light that's coming through. And through that kind of peering in, Molly holds up a lantern to see the way. The floor to the left and up the wall are cracked open, revealing a large gap that disappears down into the darkness.
2: Mm. Mm.
0: The gap itself is maybe 30 feet wide at one end and about 10 feet wide, near the narrowest, as to the right, it seems to narrow down as though the widest part of it goes to the left and into the wall and floor.
1: Huh, okay. I can make that jump, and I point to the 10-foot one.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I don't want to try, though, if I can avoid it. So, let's keep moving down the hall, and we will jump that bridge when I get to it.
0: Smaller, and as you peer in, your. Ogren orb starts getting a little more excited about something. Uh-huh. It's spotted something. There is a glint of something that the light is catching, buried kind of a little bit farther down in the crevice on the opposite side. So like on the opposite side, like a little farther down the cliff face, okay. so to speak. It looks kind of blue and maybe crystalline. All right. rin is going to kind of grab
3: Molly's hand and like lift the lantern a little higher and then he lifts it up use the ogren orb to kind of zoom in sure
0: it looks to be some sort of crystalline shield there's maybe a couple of like metal protrusions coming off of it lots of different options how it got there but it's kind of stuck in between two parts of the stone a little farther down gotcha go ahead and roll me intellect level five okay let's see
3: nope failure with the 10
0: holy cow we can't roll for anything today You can't necessarily figure out anything more about this particular object, but the part of the song that sticks out to you is that one of the things that it lists is protection.
3: Lauren would like to enter the room, head towards the narrower end of the gorge. This is kind of cheating, but I haven't chosen a flex skill in a really long time. Um, That's true. So I feel like I'm going to choose my flex skill for the day. Um, I'm trying to decide what would be... Most useful. Gosh, I'm trying to remember the name. What is the? It's something work. It's like a rogue thing in D&D. Oh, second story work. <laughs> Basically, that's what I want my flex skill to be because Smallrins an ex spy.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. What would that
3: entail? Basically, second story work would be like. More climbing and, like, getting herself across than it would be jumping. It would be more involving ropes and grappling and figuring out the best way to get somewhere when she can't touch the ground.
0: Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay, cool. So Smallrin has re-entered the room and has gone down to the more narrow part and is kind of starting to examine the distances and the height of things and clearly making calculations of some sort. Does anyone want to react to this?
1: Smallrin... What you gonna do?
0: There's a shield over there.
1: Ah, oh yeah.
3: The song said something about protection. It's worth
0: checking out.
1: Yeah, it, it is. I'm just, you know me. I'm a warrior.
0: One of us has to be. <sighs> to be fair, I'm a warrior too. Does that count? <laughs> oh, Mac.
1: <laughs> None of us respond. Nehemiah's just caught up in the moment. Just, i uh, it does, and we're both gonna be warriors on this one. If you're going to be going over there, maybe while you're over there, check out that door too.
3: That was my thought. So yeah, Smallrin is doing her calculations. She has pulled a couple of coils of rope and like grappling hook and a couple things out of her pack. One of the lengths of rope she ties around her middle and throws the rest of it to Nehemiah.
1: Mm -hmm. Gotcha.
3: So yeah, uh, Smallrin's going to like pull out a glow globe basically and clip it to her belt.
0: And she's going to start climbing down into the chasm. Before you do that, Molly puts a hand on your shoulder and says, Hold on, I just saw something. All right. You kicked a rock as you were starting to climb over down there. and I think I saw something.
3: and kind of leans over the edge and holds the glow globe and zooms with the ogre and eye.
0: You don't see anything. Like, there's not actually anything down there. But Molly picks up like another piece of the ceramic that's just kind of like sitting around and chucks it down the gap. It vanishes into darkness like it gets to the point where the light no longer hits it, and then maybe a second later you see a brilliant flash of bright light and you do not hear it hit anything.
3: Okay, how far down was that roughly?
0: I could probably <laughs> figure out the math of that, but I Let's I do, do not geometry. uh I don't... That that involves, you know, figuring out airspeed. Yeah. We'll say that it fell for about a second after you saw it disappear into darkness. So as long as you don't go below where you can currently view, you should be fine. Sparg puts a hand on
3: Molly's shoulder like a silent thank Mm -hmm. you and gives kind of a little bit of a tug on the belaying line that Nehemiah has hold of and then starts very cautiously climbing down. Basically, every five feet or so, she, like, stops and turns and is, like, checking across to see if, is it close enough to jump at this point? Are there good handholds on the other side? Is there anything sticking out?
0: You get down about 15 feet. It's not close enough that you can like turn around and reach the other wall, but it's close enough that you think you could probably push off and get to the other side without it being terribly dangerous. Okay. Would you like to try and push off to the other side? Yes, I would love to do that. This is going to be a speed check okay. specifically for climbing, and we'll let that second story work apply. Okay. It's going to be a level five since you went down to the point where it was closer together. All right,
3: speed. So I am going to spend for a point of effort. Mm -hmm. Failure with a six.
0: Oof. Has anybody succeeded at a roll? We have not yet. No. Roll 20's doing us dirty today. You push off the wall and try to grab onto the other side, but it's just a little bit outside of your grasp, and you slam back into the wall that you were pushing off of, and you take to might harm. All right.
1: Whew. You all right down there?
0: That hurt a bit. And as you do, more of that stone ceramic crumbles off of the gap face and falls, and you see more f- 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 bright flashes of purple light. And you all see that too, as it just plummets and the light flares. I have a ability
3: called Late Inspiration. Uh-huh. I can spend three intellect elect points to retry a task I've failed within the past minute using the same difficulty and modifiers except this time I have an asset.
0: Yeah, go for it. This still happens. You still take the damage, right. but you are able to like look back you're like, okay, I got the angle wrong. I should have pushed off from the left instead of the right. Go ahead and roll it again with an asset. All right. Come on. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> got a two. Yep. You try again and once again slam back into the wall for another two might damage. Mm. Ew. Nehemiah, as this, you, you feel smaller and push. And slam back and push and slam back, trying twice. And the rope is jerking in your hands every time that this occurs. Mm-hmm. You look over the edge, and you do see Smolron holding on to the rope and wincing after having done that. But you also see a slightly shimmering version of Smolron on the other side of the cliff face. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Okay. And it's there, it's there for a moment, and you see her kind of like moving along towards the shield, and then it phases out, it glitches out.
1: I look at Jory and Molly. Did either of you two see that?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. So.
1: I'll be. I got nothing for that.
0: All right. So what, what have we? Let, for, let's let's start by getting smaller and either up or across or wherever yeah. she's trying to be.
1: Small rim. What do you need from me in order to make this work?
0: You know what? Hang on. Why
2: don't I help? All right. right. What do you do, Joy? I have a special ability, right tool for the job, oh. that I can create something as long as I have an iotum. And I do. I have two. Yep. So I'll get rid of one. And I don't know small run what do you think what
3: would help you a springboard honestly maybe some sort of small suction device like something to help me get a grip on the other side
0: it's probably too rough to make it like a true suction cup but if you had something that was sticky sticky. yeah Hmm. okay give me a few minutes i'm
2: gonna scrounge around and start putting something together so i will take away
0: an intellect point and spend for that what does it look like? Is it just, like, a glob of something? Is it attached to some sort of handle? It's, Is it a- It's a
2: stretchy, sticky hand
0: with, oh my God. like, some... Ch- like the kind you get from, like, the, <laughs> the toy machines? But like- I, I,
2: yeah, I think with some chain and some, like, kind of prickly things in it to help it
0: kind of grab. You just weaponized a Gashapon toy. <laughs> <laughs> yup. That's amazing. Good. Ah, there we go. Give this a shot. All right. And you lower that down to Smolrin. And it is very sticky. You have the handle. Awesome. I'm not going to make you roll this time. I'm (laughs) going to say with this that you're able to make this happen. You fling it to the other side. It sticks. And you give it a tug. It's very solid. And you're able to kind of pull yourself over to the side as Nehemiah lets a little bit of rope down. And it gets you to the other side. Awesome. (laughs) How far down
3: the wall of this is the shield?
0: It's probably about 15 feet down, probably about where you okay. are currently. All right, cool. Then, yeah, I'm going to kind of laterally make my way along the wall. You're able to get over there. It's not stuck, but it's just kind of, like, wedged to the point where it's not, like, falling off. So you're able to easily pull this shield out. It's an oval shape made out of some very thin blue crystal. And it, like I said, it had some metal protrusions around the edge and a little bit in the center. It has a handle on the backside. Cool.
3: So, yeah, I'll grab that and kind of, like, strap it across my back Mm -hmm. and crawl up to the edge and pull myself over up onto the other side to go check out the door.
0: The door opens on the other side, and you step into what looks like maybe a storeroom. There's piles of Numenera and junk kind of, like, stacked along the edges of the circular walls. There's a couple shelves, but everything in the room isn't quite touching the ground. Oh, everything is just floating just a little bit. Gravity is significantly lower here. Do
3: I feel like I float
0: at all? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost, it's kind of like, like moon gravity kind of thing. Like you can stand on the ground, but like as soon as you take a step, you're floating. All right. And as you take a step into the room and feel that light gravity take effect, you hear a clatter and see movement uh, around the corner as three beings made of energy wearing some sort of containment suit come out from around one of the shelves. Um, That's, uh... It's some sort of, like I said, energy bearing. It's this floating, moving mass of vapor or energy or gas, you're not sure, that is forming some sort of head for this. But then underneath that is a containment suit. It's fully armor, but it has four appendages, two kind of coming up near the front of its chest, two coming up from where its shoulders are, and then ending in two very animal-like legs where the knees bend one way and then kind of swing around to bend the other with three-toed feet.
1: For D&D folk, picture a Thrycreen, but the top arms are much more like robotic. Basically. And thicker. And its head isn't a mantis head, it's a cloud.
0: Yes. So there's three of these beings that kind of come out from around a shelf, like a pile of Uh stuff because it's a round room, Mm -hmm. having heard the door open. One of them comes towards you and speaks in a very breathy voice that you do understand what are you here for we're trying to understand this place what are you here for we also seek knowledge but not for knowledge's sake the knowledge we seek is far beyond the capabilities that you here have to understand perhaps we can help each other what help you can provide ...will be useless to us.
3: Will you attempt to prevent us from finding the knowledge we seek? Only
0: if you take what we search for. And what is it that you search for? The specifics of that are unknown. We seek the knowledge to heal our people. We do not know if that knowledge lies here, but you can leave no stone unturned.
3: I suppose that's true. There is a distinct possibility we will need to take things with us from this place... We are also looking to help those that we care for. If you do not know what you are looking for, will you prevent us from
0: taking what we need? Whatever purpose you have for the things here is insignificant compared to ours. It will not end well if we want the same thing. Perhaps that is a bridge we will cross when we come to it. It kind of gives almost a chuckle, but it's so airy and breathy it kind of just comes out as a sigh. <sighs> If that is the case, there will be no bridge for you to cross. You may continue. And the three of them go back to looking through the piles of Numenera and Cyphers here. Cool. I would like to do the same. Having struck a truce? That's a word for it. (laughs) Hey. Hey.
3: Basically, all they've said is you're not allowed to leave this place with what we want. So until we go to leave, we're probably fine.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, statistically, the one thing that they need is the one thing that we're going to need, right?
0: <laughs> Possibly. So you rummage through here mm-hmm. a little bit. I will give you a random cipher pull. Okay. Cat's eye
3: grants the user the ability to see the dark for eight hours.
2: You have so many
0: eyeballs by the end so, of this.
3: All the eyeballs here
0: this is more of a something you apply to yourself rather than it is a something you're going to integrate permanently into your body.
3: smallrin's not going to acquire another mechanical eye
0: yet if you wanted to, you could get another one and bring stuff back to your companions if you want to do a couple more of these? Yeah, I'll grab one more thing. Go ahead and take whatever the other one on the
3: card was. Okay. Teleporter or Bounder. User teleports up to 100 feet times the cipher level to a location that they can see. They arrive safely with their possessions, but cannot take anything else with them.
0: You pick this up and it is very familiar to you. You've had one of these before, but this is a slightly less... Oh! Powerful version. That's right. You had one that would allow you to teleport to any place you had ever been before. (laughs) This one, you have to be able to see it.
1: Cool. From teleport to misty step.
0: Yep. Yep. You can take those things without the other beings interacting with you. Um, Just for the sake of everyone knowing they are called Ganthanhar. That's not necessarily a name that you have to attach to this creature, but for the sake of us being able to describe them. They are Ganthanar.
3: Cool. Can I grab a handful of Iodum for Jory? Cool. Sure. So,
0: I'll tuck that in my bag. Back on the other side, are you guys just waiting for, for Smallrin, or are you doing anything else? Yeah, just kind of waiting. <laughs> okay. As you're waiting there, Mac kind of goes, ah. Uh, so, are, are you all prophets of some sort, or is it or is it just, I don't actually know most of your names.
1: Oh. Uh. <laughs> oh, Yeah. We're back. Nehemiah. Molly. It's nice to meet you. Likewise. Molly.
0: I think she told me her name. That's Jory, right? Right.
1: And yes. that's across the way. That's small, Ren. Wonderful. We come from a town honestly a lot like Beanstalk. It grew up around a, a structure, and we discovered that there was more to it. So we've been seeing what's going on. Trying to figure out what the gods are trying to tell us.
0: I see. It's always been the same voice.
1: Same voices, different words.
0: Beginning to wonder if the idea of the word of the stones is not what it's meant to be.
1: Well, it's like Small Ren said, you know, second you try to understand something about a religion, you're going to find out it's a little different than you thought. We're going in with no preconceived notions.
0: I went through the whole process, though. Process? There's an initiation rite. You're talking about the lake thing? Yes. I need to think about this more, I think.
1: He didn't even go to the meat place to get a crisis of fate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Smallren, you make it back.
1: What'd you find?
0: Well, there's this.
3: And she shows them the shield.
0: I also picked
3: up a few useful things and had a chat with some beings. Beans? We're <sighs> not beans. <laughs> we are not the only ones. Here. Oh.
2: Well, uh... How? What? Yeah, that's, that's the question.
3: I don't know. There are three that I met. They are some sort of amorphous vapor energy field inside of a suit. They said that they are looking for something that would allow them to heal their people. And we struck a certain amount of of a truce that they will not interfere with us so long as we do not take what they need.
1: Have I encountered anything like this before?
0: You don't know a lot about it, but there was one time when you were working in Numenera trade Mm -hmm. that there was a being that appeared that looked like that was a vaporous Mm -hmm. thing inside some sort of suit that came looking for something that might be of interest. They wanted to look over all of the stuff that you had looking for something that might help them. You weren't able to get a lot of information out of them. You were there as the muscle because this is something very out of the ordinary. So you were there more as like, all right, this is weird. I need to mm-hmm. be on alert. What this being kind of explained was that their race had experimented with extra-dimensional energies trying to advance their species, and something either went very right or very wrong, depending on how you look at it. But they are now just completely energy. Mm -hmm. And they have to wear these suits to allow their form to not completely dissipate. Oh, wow. Okay.
1: I've encountered these kind before. I wonder how they got in here, though.
0: Perhaps the same
3: way that we did. It is possible that... Hearing the song, they attempted to sing it, and then seeing the receptacle, they were able to pay the toll to get inside.
0: Their energy, you said, right? Could they just, like, I mean, we've gone places. Nehemiah, you've been transported places Uh, before. Yeah. Like, maybe they have a portal or something that takes them places. Or perhaps they
3: have abilities like Jory's. We never Mm -hmm. needed to see whether you could phase in from the outside. We didn't. I mean,
2: I did stick my head out, so I'm assuming it would work the other way.
1: Fair enough.
3: There's more
2: ways
0: to get into a place than just go through the door. Mm. I think that's kind of been proven correct. Fair. What if these are the gods that we've talked about? What if- They're not. Uh, Are you sure?
1: (laughs) I've I've met them. I've met one. They're terse, but they are certainly far from all powerful.
0: Okay, that's good to know. Mac almost looks disappointed. Aww. They are—he's oh, looking for anything to like latch on to, like any sort of semblance of what he believed previously. Oh, poor Mac.
2: <sighs> oh, Mac.
1: We're just gonna let him down real gentle, like, and it'll be fine. Hope oh, buddy.
2: Mac, to believe in gods is to believe in the fluctuation of the here and now, and it is important that you keep an open mind to adjust to. The brilliance that you can never fully comprehend is a, a being that uh, that we are, and you are. Who knows, things can change when you're all-powerful like that, so don't box yourself into a philosophical corner. Okay. <laughs> you speak a lot nicer than Zarian. Zarian's kind of a dick.
3: <laughs> don't say that. Don't say that. Really, don't say that. I don't think we can leave that in. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs>
1: I mean, look—is she wrong?
0: He might be stern sometimes, <laughs> but he doesn't mean ill. I didn't say he couldn't. I did not. If he hears from the gods,
2: so, uh, I didn't. I didn't say he meant ill. Only that uh, that sometimes, <laughs> you know, to be able to talk to people is
0: very important, and I feel like sometimes it's a bit off-putting. Right. I think this is going to take me a, a while to fully get into my mind. Uh, all, all told, should we move on? It seems to be your, your goal. Probably. Yeah, let's There's another door. Mhm. You guys head up to the other door and that's where we'll call game. Whee! Whee! Thank you so much for listening to episode 53 of Imprinted Echoes. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website imprintedechoes.com. There, you'll find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store and our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And in that vein, I'd like to thank Kyle, Joel, and Ice Deer Brewing for their continued support. If you want to help us out in other ways, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and tell a friend about our show. As always, you can find our hosts on Twitter myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget, And be sure to follow our network, GhostLate Media at GLMPods. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll come back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zane Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre.